This is Alpha Geek Radio. Seven ninety Dragon Sports Talk Radio. Sports Talk Radio. It was three a.m. when I heard the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for an all-star edition of FSL Tonight, live from Snowbird, Utah, Nantucket! And let me tell you, Justin Robert Young, we have a great crowd up here. Everybody's been listening to the game, watching the game, having a good time, and what a high-scoring adventure it was. You know, all-star games, Tom, are usually a no-defense-allowed kind of proposition. It certainly was again this year. The East defeats the West 15-11, to but what looked to be a blowout at halftime really, really tightened up after your MVP of the, uh, the, the season, uh, the FSL all-star game, uh, Twilight Sparkle, Scoring three goals in the first half before uh, before being injured, uh, things really really tightened up. We saw a, a huge performance not only from Data but also Raven or Mystique as the fans are calling her. Uh, two goals each in the second half to uh, to close the gap, but ultimately. It was the West prevailing. Now, of course, these all-star games, you're going to rotate that first team in, and you're going to get that second team making sort of the decisive factor. A lot of times it's determined based on the strength of the bench versus the strength of the starting lineup. Well, and really what you saw in, in this game was something that, that turned in a little chippier than you would have otherwise seen in an all-star game. This was a very intense affair, largely because I think we had – contenders basically dominating the front lines of these teams and I don't think they wanted to come out. They they are looking across the field and saying these are the teams that we are these are the players that I'm going to have to beat if we are going to win a championship. They took it very seriously today. The West uh, starting lineup fan voted in entirely Gallifrey and Ponyville. The East dominated by San Francisco and Coruscant uh, with of course Raven in there for the New York Avengers. Now Coruscant uh, having a great showing in the fan vote. Some of that because of sympathy. We'll get to the events that are going on there a little bit later. We do have late breaking news yeah. on the on the ongoing and ever evolving Palpatine saga. Uh, um, uh, of course, for those of you who are living under a rock um, or down a or in electrical a hole, um, uh, Palpatine, of course, with the uh, the incendiary racist remarks against Jedi's uh, having leaked uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, when we last, well, let's hear him again, Justin. Okay. Every single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. It doesn't get better any time I hear it. There's really no place in this league for for Emperor Palpatine. And and, uh, finally, his comeuppance came last week when uh, the uh, Commissioner Harry Seldon, as was uh, pre- uh, ordained by him, uh, we had a, a, a teletype memo come through letting us know that indeed... Palpatine had been removed or had been determined to be removed as owner. He was going to be forced to sell. Palpatine very hard in his way saying he will not sell. Do we want to get to the news right now? Yeah, well, you know what? We're waiting on a few last-minute confirmations on uh, some owners' meetings that happened at the All-Star Game in Pern. Let's, let's focus on the happy for let's, a little bit, yeah. though. Uh, let's look at these lineups. Uh, there may be a few people out there just tuning in who, uh, who want to know, okay, who started for these teams? Uh, at captain for the East, Jean-Luc Picard of the San Francisco Federation. Woo! 
Uh, big man, Anakin Darth Vader, as they call him, Skywalker from Coruscant. On offense, Boba Fett for Coruscant. Uh, defense was Data from the San Francisco Federation, as you heard. Uh-huh. And, of course, a big game from Raven, a.k.a. Mystique, at Utility for the New York Avengers. Absolutely. Meanwhile, in the reserves, Mara Jade of Coruscant, Hank the Beast McCoy of the New York Avengers, uh, Eric Lencher of the New York Avengers, as well as his teammate, uh, Anna Marie Rogue, who played at defense, the big man Worf of the San Francisco Whoa. Federation, and Caprica Six, the only representative from the Cylon Raiders. To and of make course, a lot of talk out there on the lines leading up to this game about the inclusion of Caprica 6. Uh, you are supposed to have the starting five voted in, the next five be the top vote getters, and Caprica 6 is the sixth member of the East. But the East wasn't alone in that. No, no. You had team, uh, you had some, some uh, roster inflation on the West as well. We'll start with the starting lineups. The captain was the Doctor from the Gallifrey Time Lords, Big Man River Song. Offense, Rainbow Dash, Defense, Strax, and at Utility was Fluttershy. The reserves for the West, uh, dominated by Ponyville, Twilight Sparkle, a captain in her own right, uh, but listed at Utility because they only want to give one captain title on these all-star teams. Applejack at Big Man, uh, Jenny from Gallifrey as Utility, and Clara Oswald from Gallifrey as Offense. Now, Marine Dalek from Scarrow listed as Utility. A lot of people reporting that maybe that wasn't actually the fifth vote-getter. They were trying to get Scarrow to be sh- shuttered in here, and Duncan Idaho from Arrakis didn't even see playing time, was only named to make sure that the Sandworms had somebody to buy a t-shirt for. (laughs) I cannot believe that the fans of this league did not recognize the performance that Scaro has put on so far. It has been something that is the, it just exemplifies teamwork, and really... You have to wonder whether or not there's just a kind of bias. You hear ugly things said about this team. They all look the same. They all sound the same. It's hard to even hear you repeat that. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, but you know, you have to wonder whether or not that plays into it when they don't even get uh, you know, a, a legitimate uh, all-star representative, and, and the league has to step in and put one in. It, and we recommended Marine Dalek in our picks. We did, uh, yeah. A strong, a strong running game. The criticism of Scarrow has been that they are a one-dimensional offense, but they are three and one. They are right there with Gallifrey, neck and neck. They're tied for the best record in the league right now. Or at least stock and neck. <laughs> Uh, they have really, really uh, put on a, a tremendous performance. It's very weird that they were not uh, that they were not more representatives. And, and here's yet, Coruscant yeah. getting tons of votes with a one and three record. Now, granted, we shouldn't hold the players responsible for the record, and maybe this vote is a recognition that the Scaro Exterminators play as one unit. They are there is not one star player here. They play as a team. I mean, listen. When you talk about Coruscant, you're just going to get some inflation. There are people who love this franchise no matter how bad it gets. There's no depths of terrible that they can sink to, that there won't be somebody clamoring for a lightsaber. And even now, with talk of change of ownership, I I know there's a lot of fans saying it still won't get better. Yeah. Well, and and let's let's real quick uh, go over some of the, uh, the big players here. Uh, Twilight Sparkle, a, a very hot start uh, for a team, although you have to wonder really how much that means in what is essentially a meaningless exhibition game. Uh, whether or not that will translate to the field, I don't believe it will. But MVP as a reserve, that's an achievement. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that's an achievement, Justin. Uh, 
received it's nice. the most valuable player award <laughs> for the all-star game of the best people in the league. But when the chips were down, <laughs> Twilight Sparkle pulled up lame, could not play for the second half. Twilight Sparkle only played for the second half. Uh, no, uh, no. She uh, uh, three goals before uh, in, in the first so half before injury uh, came into the game early. And it was an early substitution uh, for Fluttershy. Fluttershy, comes, I can't tell him apart. I'm sorry. Fl- Fluttershy comes comes back into the game. You're stealing my shtick. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fluttershy comes back into the game, but is a defensive liability. It is Marine Dalek who has to come in, scores two goals in a row to put this game away for the West. It was a, 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 just another example of how the Ponyville Phillies are all flash, all sparkle, and no substance. However, most valuable oh, player... Oh, calm down, bronies. ...of the all-star game. I mean, you, you can't argue with that. No, listen, the perfor- it's nice! It's what? nice! Let's laminate it and put glitter on it. Hooray! Twilight Sparkle's the MVP. We should all feel good about ourselves. You know, if I was going to give a criticism of Twilight Sparkle, even winning MVP, it would be that perhaps her contributions overshadowed Rainbow Dash. Rainbow Dash earned a starting uh, assignment, and I think rightly so. Rainbow Dash the most athletic of the Ponyville franchise. Well, and, and unfortunately, on, on this team, you really are not going to see Rainbow Dash utilized in the way that, uh, you know... Uh, the, the Ponyville Phillies would uh, just because this offense is going to rotate around the Dr. Riversong and, and Strax. They're in the majority of the starting lineup. And considering the utilities also had two Gallifrey uh, representatives, you're just going to wind up playing that completely asynchronous Gallifreyan offense, you know, that can be one place and yet another at the exact same moment. Uh, they, you know, Rainbow Dash played all right. Twilight Sparkle played all right. I mean, yeah, you have to wonder whether or not, uh, you know, some of the defense that was played in the East was necessarily up to snuff. You know, I mean, Data was very good on the other side of the field, but seemed to be glitching out a little bit when it came to remembering uh, defensive assignments. Uh, and meanwhile... Well, it, it was an uncharacteristically emotional game for Data. I'll give it It was. <laughs> uh, and, and if you look at Anne-Marie Rogue, she's had a great season, but you have to wonder whether or not she was just a drain on this team as a whole. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a fair point. Uh, it, it was a wonder that we saw her at all uh, in this game. Now, Strax, on the other hand, ended up playing the entire length of the game. Yeah, no defensive replacement out. on the reserves. Now, remember no. that the the coach of the team has the right to play uh, it the the players here, and 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 we had Gallifrey in charge of this team, and yet. Uh, no defensive replacement named. You could have put a utility. You could have put a Jenny. You could have put Duncan Idaho in the game yeah. at defense, but yet Strax played the whole thing. Maybe a wise move. Well, I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why I think, you know, roster cohesion is the reason why they came away with the win in this game. However, you know, some people, if you are an Arrakis fan, you don't get to see your guy come out on the field. That's, uh, you know, that smarts a little bit. Right, and this isn't a uh, some kind of fake you win home field advantage in the final sort of situation here, yeah. right? No. That would that that's for imaginary situations. Absolutely, no one would be that stupid to put that in place in, in a in a real game. Uh, but yeah, get, Coach Madam Vastra uh, with a controversial decision, you would worry about injury. Unless you're talking about Strax, I mean the guy just doesn't get injured. She very much trusts Strax. 
you know, there is there is that. There is a connection between Madame Vastra and, and Strax. She has worked with him extensively in the past. He's a bit of a hothead. And yet, when all the, you know, when, when all is said and done, he goes the entire length of the game. Now, Admiral Nacheyev, coaching for the East, and as the San Francisco Federation get the right to do, uh, plays everyone equally, right? And yeah. there could be a consideration if you want to criticize the East. Maybe Nacheyev is approaching this as an all-star game, as, a, as an exhibition, or maybe it's just a natural tendency to want to be too egalitarian. Yeah. For the I, Federation. It's certainly. A lot of rules, obviously, that come through, uh, you know, a Federation style of play. Uh, whether or not it is exactly suited for how intense this game particularly got. Uh, you know, for, for me, the prime directive is winning. Uh, I don't quite understand where you are going to benefit uh, from making sure everybody plays. Yeah, well, and also through the game divided by position. I mean, Anakin Skywalker uh, playing out of his head, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I was surprised the guy could breathe as hard as he was playing. Gasping for air by the end of it. Yeah. And yet, a third of the way through, uh, like clockwork, here comes the beast. Also a great uh, big man, uh, but an entirely different style of play. Could have been really a very happen. hairy situation if yeah. it wasn't for the fact that everybody uh, was on the same plan. Uh, but then again, at the end, you're, you barely get a glimpse uh, of the beast as Worf comes in and finishes up the game. Seemed like a mathematical approach to managing, a very scientific approach to managing, but not a very creative approach. Although you will say that Worf probably played the best heads up against Strax throughout the game. Yeah, uh, they seem to have a similar content, a similar emotional style. Man, can you imagine a growl off between those two? No way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. That'd be intense. That'd be like a brawl in a Scottish bar in the 1700s. <laughs> Uh, well, there, there you go, folks. Uh, a barn burner at 15 to 11. And no matter what, you know, we can criticize all day long this player, that player, who's your favorite? Did Twilight Sparkle deserve the most valuable player award that she rightly earned or not? Uh, in the end, it was an enjoyable game. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I would have, I would have liked to see more representation from the exterminators. I would have liked to see the uh, the voting members of the press maybe recognize the player that, although he scored one less goal, was there to seal the deal uh, for the West. I would have liked to see Marine Dalek as the MVP, but you know, good for Twilight Sparkle. Marine Dalek, who didn't even make the team except for the generosity of the commissioner, should have been the MVP in your opinion. Tom, we have some late breaking news oh, here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting final confirmation that indeed during this All-Star weekend, we had a vote of the owners of this league getting back to the Palpatine situation. There has been an official binding vote to strip Emperor Palpatine of the Coruscant Empire. Now, we will still need to hear from the commissioner's office on how this will be executed. Uh, We expect that the team would be placed in trust, right? And For the time being, but... Uh, a lot of speculation on who they will give that trust to. It seems like the logical heir would be to give it to Skywalker. But I don't know whether or not... From what I'm hearing, there are two key for factors. The, for, to, to administer the sale. To administer the yeah. sale, there are two key factors. A, speed. They want this thing done within the week. They want to have a new owner in place before the next week's games. Uh, two, they want to have some element of continuity. 
The problem, obviously, for Coruscant is that things have been so tightly held within only a few people and, and by the emperor that who is a logical – it's not like there's a lot the, – the, the coaching tree of, of Emperor Palpatine is, is necessarily very wide. No, he I think Vader's, have a, Vader's your only option. Vader's your only option to administer the sale. But beyond that, if Who's they're going to give it? it to anybody – I mean to sell it to anybody else, apparently they want to keep it somewhere within the universe. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be tough for them. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of teams out there. Uh, there's, um, there, uh, there's none of them that have been allowed to develop a system that would be able to handle a franchise as unsuccessful and as stale as this franchise has been. It's in, still in recent huge. Years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And you have to wonder, I mean, this really shows how much the commissioner wanted Palpatine out of here, that he didn't just let Coruscant fall out of the, the standings by way of relegation and then take care of this on a much smaller stage as opposed to picking pretty much the most grand of them all here at the All-Star Game to make a statement with this owner's vote. So, Palpatine being out. In other words, an outside entity has come in and said, no, let's not let this franchise die. Yeah. Let's find someone else to rejuvenate it. Certainly, yeah. yeah. The, the, instead of just letting it stagnate and uh, you know suffer for its past sins while a whole wealth of possibilities sits, sits out there, it looks like we might be able to tap into that. It now, just depends on who takes over. I don't think we're going to get an answer to that in a week. I know they want to do it in a week. Yeah. They have to do it by the trade deadline, though, because you, you want to make sure that that trade deadline is operated with a solid franchise ownership in charge. I would say by week six, we know who the new owner is. We may not know next week. All that said, your best bet on who this goes to who steps in? Is it a Steve Ballmer? You know, you have to wonder. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know where to speculate. This is all so new. And, is it a Tony Stark? It, uh, you know, Tony Stark is certainly uh, estranged from the, the Avengers franchise at this point. Uh, has had uh, a very successful uh, you know, pub, you know, public life as of late. Uh, I don't know. And, and you have to wonder, you know, for, for the chance at leadership... And to do the right thing, how excited is Anakin Skywalker right now? I mean, he has obviously been very closely tied to the Emperor, but we haven't really heard a lot of protests from him. you got to wonder if inside he's kind of really excited to pick up the Emperor and throw him down a hole and forget about him. Sure, yeah. I mean, the League would have to agree that despite Vader's close association to Palpatine, he is good enough to take yeah. this franchise over. That he has good within him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think it's too far gone. I think too, too damage. I think they'll let him administer the trust. I think he's he's probably got enough left in him to do that. Uh, I don't think he can do it. Uh, he has the low ground in this argument, and uh, that's just something that he's not going to be able to overcome. Yeah. Uh, I, if I if you had to ask me who is going to take this team, I think it's going to be somebody totally unexpected. Uh, it's going to be some kind of 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 maybe, I don't know, some imaginary uh, franchise, something from way outside, um, maybe the, the Cylon Raiders. Owner. I mean, this is, this is the, the reason why it's so hard to talk about it, yeah. you know? Uh, but it's hard it, to imagine anyone else in charge of the Coruscant Empire. Certainly some. Yeah. But you have to look. I mean, if you are a Coruscant fan and you are staring up, the standings, and you were looking at teams like the 
the, uh, the, the, the San Francisco Federation, you know, like you have to wonder whether or not maybe a little bit of the magic that they've had over the past couple of years might be what's there to write the ship for Coruscant. Well, and that's a good question. Let's look ahead because at one and three, you would expect that Coruscant, given the problems they're having with the ownership, are going to be a seller at the trade deadline. So you would expect that in week five, next week, when Coruscant plays Arrakis, <laughs> you would normally expect them to lose. They probably win that game as badly as the Sandworms are playing. They right? certain, for whatever reason, they have crowd sympathy right now. And, and with Darth Vader in control, at least in trust of this team, you have to wonder whether or not there is a little bit of momentum. Because everybody on this team is effectively auditioning for their jobs with a new ownership. You have no idea if these new owners are going to walk in the door and just decide to completely cancel this entire extra expanded universe of play yeah. that they have set up. It's, it's quite possible. Uh, and, and then you look down the, the, the list. Week five, Coruscant takes on uh, Ponyville. I'm sorry, week six, Coruscant takes on Ponyville. Whatever you think of them, a stronger franchise than the Certainly. Empire. Yeah. They probably lose that. Then they take on Scarrow. Definitely a stronger franchise. This team is not making the playoffs, no matter who owns them. Well, but can they avoid relegation? Yeah, that is going to be the question for this new owner. Who, who is going to want to come in, take over this damaged franchise with its besmirched name, uh, and try to resurrect it against the competition like New York Avengers? Let's be fair, though. For all the Coruscant fans out here in the audience, we can't do a live event without it being dominated by Coruscant. Where are the Coruscant fans? Let me hear anybody. There we go. Yeah. Listen, even now in these troubled times, people want to, people want to yell and scream about it. Yeah. Uh, you would, you would be happy with a non-relegation season. Yeah, that's, this that's doesn't have to be great. It just has to be good yeah. to wash out the stink of what this franchise has been in the past. Just don't suck. Just don't <laughs> suck. Okay, great. Yeah. Everyone's happy with okay. That's a win. Yeah. We live to play again. Uh, the rest of week five, New York Avengers at Ponyville. Who do you like? Uh, the New York Avengers. It's, it's probably going to be a close game, but I'd probably give the edge to the Avengers there as well. Uh, we also have Gallifrey hosting the San Francisco Federation. Federation, uh, you know, showed, showed up in the All-Star game. They, they're two and two. They're, they're showing signs of life again. I think the Federation is, is certainly a dark horse team. They're, they're not a team that necessarily has to prove themselves early because they have the experience to get it done uh, in, a, in a pinch. So... Uh, I, I, I certainly like the Federation chances in this one. Yeah, I think Gallifrey still wins it, but I think we're going to see something from San Francisco to revive their fans' hopes. Uh, and Cylon at Scarrow, this is going to be make or break for Cylon, honestly. Uh, this is going to, and they're probably going to lose to the Exterminators. Well, you know, you have both, both of these franchises share some similarities, you know, and you have uh, a, a, a distinct lack of personality amongst both of them uh, at times. The difference is that Scarrow just gets things done, and, and at times the, the, the plan for the Raiders does not seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely agree. Well, you know what? The only way we find out, Justin, we play the game. Indeed! We will uh, be taking some calls, taking some questions immediately following this, but that is FSL tonight. All-star game. The West wins 15 to 11. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and congratulations to the fans.
790 Dragon Sports Talk Radio. Sports Talk Radio. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody, for uh, sticking around Sports Talk Radio. Tom Merritt, Justin Robert Young, uh, doing a little post-FSL tonight, All-Star Game wrap-up uh, Q&A session. We've got a great audience here at the Snowbird Resort. Uh, really in, happy in to see Pern. all you guys here. <laughs> in Pern. In the, Pern, The yeah. Snowbird Resort, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the snowbirds have all been eaten by the dragons, but... <laughs> It still carries the name. Uh, if uh, you so have, have a question, we've got a mic right here, so please come and uh, line up. That and by the direction. way, anybody who has a question uh, will get a, uh, some, some swag here. We got, we got shirts. We got Avengers shirts, uh, Port shirts. We got some classic uh, tees. You know, it's the All-Star game. You got, you got all the collectibles out. So uh, we go ahead and start with you, Hero. Hello, gentlemen. Longtime fan. Uh, lifelong Empire fan. Uh, just a quick question about a rumor I've been hearing buzzing around the cantinas. Uh, what are your thoughts about Vader granting amnesty to the League, thus resulting in any lawsuits or any attempts at the, Empire, at the Emperor to gain control back? He would essentially be suing the Palpatine Family Trust, thus suing himself. Uh, you know, I have heard that... Put forth as a conspiracy theory, uh, the lawyers that I've talked to say there's really just no way they could get away with that. The league's not going to allow it. I, although I'll, I'll say this, I'm starting to buy the fact that there is some animosity between uh, between Skywalker and Palpatine. From what I've heard, and this is you know something when, when, when situations like this happen, sources just start talking. There have been a lot of promises made from I, Palpatine to Skywalker I going just, years back. Outlandish promises. That's why I don't believe them, Justin. Well, you know, I, I just I, I, I think that at some point, Skywalker has to look across at Palpatine and say, you want to know what? We're just better off without you. We'll see. I, I think he chose a different path. But thank you for your question. Would you like a, uh, a T-shirt? Uh, we have we have other ones over here, so go ahead and, and check out the box. Your question, sir. Uh, mine's more of a probably a political aspect when it comes to the, how the league runs. Um, does it look like Palpatine's going to walk away from this thing, even though he's been basically kicked out, financially settled for life? Like he doesn't have to have any worries. He's going to walk away from this going, I win. Doesn't matter. I think he's going to be settled, but I think he's going to be settled at rock bottom. Think? Yeah. Well, and, you know. I think you're going to lose sight of him, frankly. <laughs> uh... He's going to get paid, but yeah. will this happen without some sparks flying? No. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Grab a T-shirt. Yes, sir. I know Palpatine's kind of the big story going on right now, but I've already seen some rumors flying around uh, based on the way data's performed during the game. You know, a little, little erratic, a little unusual, a little extra emotional. Some people are claiming that something happened to data and that uh, – Captain illegally substituted in his twin brother lore ah, against right. the rules. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. I, I don't really buy into these conspiracy theories. You know, everybody starts uh, starts chittering and chattering. They, they had, Data had a really, really good game. It just happened to be a losing effort. Everybody wants to look for reasons why it happened, but I don't think that it's anything as silly as that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think that is always uh, the go-to theory. It's like, oh, Data's acting weird. must be lore. Oh, Data's doing this. must be lore. Oh, Data changed his offensive strategy it must be lore uh it's you know it's not like you just flip a switch and change a guy like that i, yeah. I, I don't think that's right <laughs> thank you have a shirt have another shirt <laughs> yes ben all right this comes from uh well this perspective of a gallifrey fan so if you want to answer from that perspective otherwise in just in general is fine um but as we all know the fsl is pretty harsh either you're in the playoffs 
or you're relegated or at least facing relegation. There's, yeah. no, there's no in-between here. So last year, Gallifrey is sitting there basically at the relegation thing, and I'm getting really nervous. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, the doctor comes out, just one of these things of nowhere, where he's just brilliant. And they, make, they squeak into the playoffs. They almost win the whole thing. Just, you know, lo- losing a double overtime last year. Right, right. But now I'm seeing the opposite this year. I'm seeing maybe the doctor is kind of carrying over a little bit of popularity from last season's doctor and not necessarily this season's doctor. <laughs> and um, is there any possibility that, um, that they're going to have this little fade after the, after the All-Star break and there's some other team behind them that, that could come and take them and maybe relegate them? I hate to say it, but is it possible that Ponyville actually learns that if they actually take a game seriously that they could win and take over Gallifrey? No. In all seriousness, uh, you raise a lot of very important questions. This is not a team that has a clear identity. They're playing very well. But at, you know, when we decide whether or not this uh, edition of the Gallifrey Time Lords are successful, it'll be what happens in August. And we don't know what that is just yet. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, a lot of the lines for the Doctor are leading to one place, and that's that final battle at the end of the season. And that's where we're really going to find out uh, what he is made of. As far as Ponyville goes, before you laugh, I've heard that they are developing a player very much in the style of the Doctor on their farm teams. It's possible we may, we may see something like that before the end of the season. Also, no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Team's an embarrassment. Get a shirt. First off, thank you. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I think FSL is the smartest. Oh, well, thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Justin Robert Young, I completely agree with you with your position on the Ponyville Phillies. And I think... <laughs> Go back I... to the paddock, bronies. I think the real crime here is what could have been, and those teams that were not elevated to the league this year. Now, I'm an unapologetic Cheyenne Mountain Gators fan, Uh but from your perspective, what is the team that should be in the league this year, and what difference would it be making with the, you know, outline that we have? Well, you really can't... uh you can't look at this roster of teams and feel that uh, to have no representatives from either the Westerosi or, or Essos leagues uh, is something that is is legitimate. I mean, if, if you look at uh, what they are doing, let's focus on Essos for right now. I mean, right now they have an amazing team in Marine uh, that is uh, compiling a lot of different, very diverse, exciting players. There are some management issues, some maybe internal turmoil, but I would love to see them play at this level. And... It's a site that we were not we were denied of because yep. the Ponyville Phillies decided to waste a roster spot. Well, now wait a minute. It's this not league. like the Ponyville Phillies had full control over getting elevated here. This is the way the league works. It is. You cannot like the Ponyville Phillies. That's fine. But they earned their way. I'm not saying I don't in, like them. I'm, I'm just I'm like being Cylon fair and Scarrow. And, and impartial. Whatever and, you say and, about elevation for Ponyville applies to Cylon and Scarrow the same. Well, sure. Except those teams, I believe, have promise of actually uh, showing some legitimate. Well, that's why you play the momentum. season to find out. And Ponyville's a two at you want to talk about a waste of a, of a slot in this league, it's Arrakis. Well, I mean, listen, that is, that is a franchise that... I hate to that, say it, but 0-4 It's a for franchise itself. that has seen better days, and I don't think that it's going to get the favorable treatment of the league in the way that Coruscant would to extricate it from, 
uh, the, it's management. It's a problems. franchise that started out fantastic and has just stayed around too long. Uh, certainly so, but yeah. yeah, that's what that's what that would be my my answer. Thank you very much, Thank sir. You. Thank you for being brave and shouting out uh, uh, how important my. Big, my take is. I, I think the Gators are well deserving as well. You know, I want to I want to address that part of it, and it, it's, it's why there's elevation. It's why we play the season, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to where Ponyville ends up. Let's see. So um, I'm a loyal but long suffering Coruscant fan, and mm-hmm. I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but you know, for a fan like me, how much and do you think we can have any kind of new hope that a new ownership can bring any you know, more energy, maybe let them recapture some of that old magic that the team used to well, have? Well, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. As a Coruscant fan, who would you like to see take over this team? Like, who do you trust? Who, who would you say, I'm, I'm not going to feel burned if this person <laughs> takes it over? Well... I don't know, maybe a dark horse, but you know, uh, someone along the lines of like a, you know, even someone uh, like a Solo or Calrissian. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I, I, they're kind of dark horses, but you know, they're maybe that could great bring a little... players. Uh, I don't know if they could get the credits together to be owners, though. I uh, yeah, I don't think that they are moving in the kind of circles. But I mean, if you there's, I mean, you, you can read it on the message boards. Uh, you know, you have a lot of support for maybe a more. Uh, Republican thinking yeah. uh, Mon Mothma uh, taking over this team. I, I just don't see that. It, it is a logical you know, you look at the Alderaan Rebels getting relegated a few years back and then they, they move to Yavin and then they're at Hoth and this year they're, I think they're playing in Endor. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just hard to see that, that organization in any way being ready to make a bid. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, if, if let's say if, if Mon Mothman took over this team, would you have, what, what would your reaction be the second you heard the news? Well, I don't know. Some different, something different has to definitely be done. What's, yeah. Working, yeah. what's happening now isn't working, obviously. True that. True yep. that. All right. And Thank it's you. racist. <laughs> Go ahead and get a shirt if you want one. Unless they're all gone. Oh, no, there's still some over here. Yes, sir. Your question. Uh, two-part question for uh, Justin Robert Young. Uh, yeah. One, uh, what does a quadruped have to do to prove that they have a place in this league for you personally? And number two, are you a bipedal chauvinist? <sighs> now, I'm going to go ahead and give this answer. Uh, try to focus on it and not start licking on a sugar cube somewhere. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, Ponyville's a nice team. And for its fans, it's very pleasing, okay? I get the fact that they have a following. Uh, I I think what you just said about being a bipedal chauvinist is unfair and outrageous. Uh, Listen, it's my job to call this action, as I see it, in the most fair, impartial, and analytical way that I can. And as a professional who has watched this league for the years that I have, I can say that this is a squad that is embarrassing on many levels and that should not be in this league. How, 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 do, you, how do you stand that up with, with the scoreboard, with what the score is at the end of the game? Listen, we'll how does see. that compare? I'm, maybe gonna, maybe I win, will have egg win. on my face, and, 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 the, and the Ponyville Phillies will be leaping, it off. leaping uh, half uh, fences in, uh, in joy and you friendship know. will indeed be magic but I don't see it 
and and we'll, we're we're going to see how it shakes out. Thank you for your question. Uh, Ponyville at two shirt, and two, Cylon at two and two, San Francisco at two and two. I still don't see how you can call that. It's objective. early. It's early in the season. They've had a couple fluke wins. Next question, please. Yeah, uh, Peter Quill and his team of Guardians has been attracting a lot of attention lately, and I was wondering if we might see them coming up soon. Yeah, a lot of flash, a lot of attention being given to them. Uh, when, when the Invitational Tournament starts, it'll be very interesting to see if they can deliver on all of the anticipation we've been feeling about them. You want to know what? And, and, and this brings up something, okay? Uh, there's a lot of these you know, FSL hipsters who just like to shout out these teams that no one's ever heard of. The fact of the matter is that Peter Quill and his band of, of, of miscreants has done very well so far recently, but six months ago, I don't think anybody would have known who they were. All right? So anybody pretending like they are just, uh, you know, dyed-in-the-wool 20-year Star-Lord fans can really just go jump off a bridge. Next question, please. Ah, the Fireflies fan. Look at yeah. that. Nice. Uh, we've got more and more teams that seem to be rewriting their histories and end up with seemingly younger and revitalized players. Seems like the league was kind of not too concerned about this when it was happening on the minor leagues with teams like Gotham City. But lately we're seeing major league teams like San Francisco and New York who seem to be rewriting their past as far as the fans are concerned. I know the league has regulations against straight retcon, but Mm -hmm. have teams found a loophole here to reboot themselves whenever they need? Does the commissioner have any plans to put a stop to this before we end up playing another season one of the FSL? Sure, sure. No, the commissioner definitely always has plans. We don't know what they are until he announces them, but he's actually planned all of it. Yeah. Um, All the way (laughs) He is, I mean, he's dead, right? So, like, he has nothing but plans. He has only his plans. Uh, On the other side, though, as far as this rejuvenation, on the one hand, Justin, it's perfectly normal for a team uh, as they age to want to revitalize with youth. But you bring up a fair point. Is it happening too often? Well, San Francisco, for, for your example, you know, they went the other way. They, they, went, they went to a more experienced roster uh, compared to the younger one that they had before when they, uh, when they effectively had the, the roster merge with Vulcan. Uh, is it a problem only if it doesn't work. And if you're a fan of one of these uh, one of these teams, you'd rather them stay relevant than completely go away. That's a great way of looking at it. I mean, the transition's going to happen sometime, right? right. Your players aren't going to live forever. So at some point, you have to make that transition. How you handle it, I think, is what's important. Yeah. Good Thank question. You. Thank you. Unless you're Scarrow. Those, they will live forever, they, those yeah, guys. Yeah, you're right about that. All right. Uh, we're almost halfway through the season, and uh, you know some teams are solid, uh, but many teams could use uh, you know some extra talent could shore up their roster, and there's plenty of you know fantastic free agents out there. As uh, avid listeners of Dragon Sports Talk Radio have heard me chronicle on the Rose Gallery update every once in a while. Yep. Um, who do you who do you see adding some talent in the league? Like maybe a, a Lara Croft who has had some history with control, but could, can, is really good at infiltrating in a very flashy, uh, very forceful way. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a ton of them. But who do you think and what kind of person would they need? Who, who would add somebody and what kind of Are you talking about moves at the trade deadline or are you talking about elevation of Ele- teams? Or, you know, a- acquisition. Acquisition. So you're look, looking at free agent acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the big, the, the big target there is going to be Scarrow. Uh, Scarrow has already brought in a couple free agents. They are in a dogfight for that first place uh, in the West with Gallifrey and only Gallifrey. Um, LAUGHTER 
they uh, they are obviously going to to be uh, big movers and shakers. But if you really look at new additions to a team, you are you have to figure that at some point Cylon has to activate some of these people in their farm system that they have yet to reveal. Uh, they are not built as they as they are right now to really play in this league. And if they are going to avoid relegation, they're going to have to wake a few of these people up. Yeah, and. I think Coruscant are going to possibly be sellers. Yes. Uh, I can't see them being buyers. Yes. I don't know who's, who's going to be wanting to take a flyer on them. And honestly, uh, I wouldn't be so surprised if Cylon went even outside of the organization and, and tried to grab somebody. They have to do something yeah. uh, because, uh, as it is right now, they are going to take the route all along the watchtower to relegation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they, need, they need to find a, a new home for that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see Arrakis being able to in, have anybody interested yeah. in their properties right now. Uh, and, I, and I think Ponyville's got a very deep system. I don't see them going outside. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for your question. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next. Have oh, a T-shirt. We, we've seen a paradigm shift with the FSL taking the quote-unquote private conversations of Palpatine and ousting him from his well, now, franchise. Those, those were released independently of the, org, of, the t- of the league itself. But okay. And rightfully so, I think he should be ousted for his uh, racist remarks. Yeah. Well, has been ousted. It is now past tense. Yeah, yeah. What I want to know is when is the FSL going to take the actions of the personal players of Scarrow into account? We, we, we've seen that, you know, the Gallifrey has had not only on the turf issues with Scarrow, but off the turf problems. And... I don't think, you know, a name change is going to handle it for Scarlet to, you know, fix their branding. I think that the FSL is going to need to address some of the players' actions and the problems that they have caused off the turf for anyone who's not from Scarlet. Well, oh, you, always hear, you always hear Scarlet uh, accused of, of, of their somewhat questionable rallying cry, exterminate. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a little over the top. But remember, uh, it, was, it was actually the doctor who was saying much more questionable and, and some said genocidal things about Scarrow before Scarrow had even been elevated into the league. We get too sensitive about this stuff these days. You know, there used to be a time in the FSO where people could say things about murdering an entire race and <laughs> we would just take it in stride. Let's focus on the actions on the field. Obviously what Palpatine said was over the top and he deserved to be punished for it. But in terms of, of uh, you know, the Scarrow exterminators, they are, they are an intense group. They are intense and focused. They are intense and focused and violent. They are intense, focused, and violent, and have the capacity to do what they say. <laughs> so, uh, you know... Is, is their name in and of itself offensive? The Exterminators? Yeah. No. Is their logo of the doctor being disintegrated in and of itself ex- offensive? Uh, you know, listen, what you have to understand is the heritage behind it's that image. It's an alternate image. logo, I understand. You know, this is something that they has been around for, uh, for exterm- with Exterminator fans for generations. Kids have had this logo on their cribs. You can't just erase that, okay? Yeah, but times have changed. I think... I think you got to. It's just get it's off too. It's a little bit too PC for me. I'm just. I'm sorry. Thanks for your question. Thank you. Ah, Rick. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I have two questions. One, don't you think the, the the exterminators are tough only on the outside and and on the inside are actually squishy and, and easy to defeat? <laughs> it, it, that's the impression it gives me. And and and. Uh, 
And the second question, uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Duncan I the Ho cannot be continuously cloned like that. I, I've tried. It, it doesn't work. It, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it starts going bad. Yeah. All right. Well, that may well, be one you, of the problems. You go ahead and start with, with, with Duncan Idaho. Do you think the Duncan Idaho is on a on a, an irreversible decline? Well, we definitely see a different Duncan Idaho every week, and it's yeah. never a good one. No. Uh, and uh, Lido takes him out back and essentially shoots him. So, yeah, uh, that's that is not helping the Sandworms. They've got more problems than than just that. What was the first question again? Yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, oh, Scaro, yeah. The, 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 the internal toughness of, of the Scaro exterminators is something that's been with them forever. Uh, the, their big question, or the, they do not play well from behind. They need to impose their will and, and finish the deed early. Uh, although we saw that with, with Marine Dalek today, kind of reversing that, uh, that course. You know, that's their problem. You know, that's, that's, their, that's their Achilles heel. If they can overcome that, I believe that they are legitimate shots to be the champion. They have an incredible defense. Uh, if it could be penetrated, I think you're right, but it's it's easier said than done. Yeah. Well, thanks. And yeah, if you... they don't, they will be a shell of themselves. Uh, has Absolutely. anybody seen Morty? He's around here somewhere. Uh, I saw a couple yeah, of them okay. out there. Yeah. Uh, yes, I had a question. Um, you guys talked about how Selden had a plan for the entire season. And yeah, sure, this sure. all planned out in advance. I mean, like the galaxy. Yeah, like not he, just the yeah. season. <laughs> he literally has planned so, everything. Has there been any controversy? You asking this question is, Actually, yeah, he knows, right. yeah. <laughs> Has there been any controversy over his handling of the incident with Palpatine? I mean, we never would have seen a ridiculous incident like this or, or even a team like the, the ponies elevated under Lee's leadership. I do feel like there's some unfair blowback against Selden for this, as if, well, because he knew everything that was going to happen, he should have prevented it, right? But it's, it's harder to say that when you realize he's looking at a very interconnected uh, situation of events, possibly what, by allowing that tape to get out and being forced to take action, we end up with something better. I don't agree with your point that Stan Lee would not have this uh, on his resume. He is somebody that wanted to, at one point, elevate the Stripperella team. By uh, fiat. Yeah. He, is, he is prone to his lapses in seriousness. Uh, but no, I think Selden has handled this uh, about as well as somebody could for having been dead for centuries. Fair enough. Thanks. All right. Thank you for your question. All right, we got time for two more, and uh, I believe we have a Ponyville fan here. That's right. Lifetime Phillies fan right here. It's a legacy in my family. I've passed it down to the next generation, so uh, I'm happy to represent. Um, Hooray. So, yeah. That's right. Saddle up, ponies. So we're looking, at a, we're looking at a tough couple games. Week five, New York. Week six, San Francisco. I'm afraid we're going to look at some more Ponyville hate. Our, uh, our fans are, tend to be a little excitable. Maybe we've got a little egg on our face, and uh, I'm afraid it's going to be a stampede out there, and I'm just... I'm afraid we're just going to get more hate. And so I just wonder if there's anything that uh, Ponyville fans do can kind of uh, get our reputation back and maybe at least try to maybe put someone else in the limelight a little bit. Is there something Ponyville could do that would change your opinion about them, Justin Robert Young? I, my, my opinion, as I said before, is, is completely based on the results. That's all I care about Apparently is watching not. the results. <laughs> I make analysis based on what happens. If they, if they win, if they decide to start winning and take things seriously, and based on what we see on the field, I believe they will be respected. However... So if Twilight Sparkle scores three goals and wins the MVP, she'll be respected. 
MVP. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice award. You know, yeah, and, and it's very nice that she won it. Uh, they're a nice team. I, I just, I, I think that they're not a team anyone should be proud of. Uh, now, do you agree? Maybe a little. <laughs> uh, Phillies. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yay for the Phillies. All Let's right, get a round of applause. I've been following the literary-only leagues. Um, and uh. the teams that I've been really interested in are the Harlan, Harlan's World Envoys, the Luna Rolling Stones, and the Camorra City Gentlemen Bastards. Are we going to be able to see uh, some more interest in those or those possibly getting relegated? Or not relegated, uh, elevated? Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. Those are some great franchises to watch in the Invitational. Uh, the Gentlemen Bastards, for instance, just keep getting better every season. I, I, I feel like uh, Luna City, you know, they got to earn their way in. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, uh, you, you follow these uh, a lot closer than I do, but yeah. uh, uh, I think, can we see them? Sure. Yeah. Everything's possible, and of course, if the fans, there's a fan vote as well, so mm-hmm. that's, that's another avenue in. Don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. Yeah. Thank you you know, much. that reminds me, the literary leagues uh, is where the Westeros teams are, are playing uh, right now. Yeah. And, and wow, we, I, I meant to bring this up when we talked about it earlier. You, I would love to see another one of these teams come in, but when people become fans of these teams, they just seem to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are teams that have been befallen by repeated heartbreaking tragedy, and it, it almost, it's hard to be a fan, you know? Yeah. You just, as soon as you get attached to somebody, boom, they're gone, you know, and they're never to be seen again. Yeah. Or are they? It, it, just <laughs> shout out, before we wrap up here, uh, if you could, uh, I, I want to hear a cacophony of noise. Shout out if a team that you would like to see elevated into the FSL next year. Go ahead. Yeah. Autobots, Republican City Benders, Galactica Vipers. Shepherd Commanders. Shepherd. Oh, right. Oh, look at that. I've heard, I mean, listen, the, the Autobots have been uh, a team that we have heard uh, years and years. And maybe, maybe it'll be next year that these fans will all be saying, I think we found a Transformer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is the, it uh, for this uh, post-FSL tonight uh, Q&A session. Thank you, Nortacular attendees. We love you. It was 3 a.m. when I heard the sound. Stuck my head outside and I looked around. 790. Dragon Sports Talk Radio. Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. There we go, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. We have, by the way, also, I, I was impressed by this last year as this year. Your ability to play in this universe with those questions is unparalleled. You guys are the best ever. This really is the most fun. Uh, we, have, we have one more Vulcan Velocity t-shirt if anybody okay. wants it. <laughs>